Hello everyone, my name is Illumide. And my name is Christy. And welcome to the Big Empty Purse podcast. About two hours ago, I found out that one of my favorite actors, Christopher Plummer, died. And in memory of him, I will be doing a terrible rendition of Edelweiss. Edelweiss, Edelweiss, every morning you greet me, small and white, clean and bright, you look happy to meet me. Rest in peace to Christopher Plummer. We love you. So, Christy, what have you been up to since the last episode? So, I have an unfortunate story. So, we've made our feelings <laughs> on this podcast clear about single ply toilet paper. Cups. No, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't. I think oh, I, did cut, we cut that I out? think I cut that out of the last. <laughs> we can't stop. <laughs> no. Oh my god, they can't call back. Oh, I forgot about that. Okay. Well. <laughs> That's not necessary because I feel like everyone has, I would think, the same feelings about single-ply toilet paper. Does anyone yeah. like single-ply toilet paper? Please tweet us if you are one of these people that likes single-ply <laughs> toilet paper at Big Empty Purse because I need to block you. But like, <laughs> um, so I ordered groceries because I don't go to the store and I ordered toilet paper. And because I'm not a maniac, it was two-ply toilet paper. And they right. did where they substitute an item, but they substituted my two-ply toilet paper with single ply toilet paper. Are you serious? And I did not order like six rolls of toilet paper. I ordered 48 rolls of toilet paper. So now I no. have like 48 rolls of single ply toilet of paper. What am, I <laughs> what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do with 48 rolls of single ply? There has to be some shitty return policy on toilet paper, but are they even allowed to do that? So you just have a whole bunch of... <laughs> It should be illegal. I'm reporting them to the Better Business Bureau. <laughs> wow. I can't. How would Not you think that's an ply. acceptable substitute? <laughs> single ply toilet paper. Giant did this to me. Look here, Giant. You need to get your shit together. If people did not order single ply paper, actually, you know what? I take that back. Even if people ordered single ply paper, you need to be the bigger person and send them at least double ply because nobody wants that shit. Even the people who buy it, no. they don't like it. So stop selling it, please. They're wrong. Maybe they just somehow didn't know that double ply exists. You have a responsibility to send them <laughs> the correct toilet paper. Exactly. I, I hope they didn't oh charge you the same amount for double ply and they just substituted for single ply because I think that's just fraud. <laughs> fraud. Honestly. <laughs> it's just um, fraud. I think they did charge me the same amount. I need to go back and look now. Wow. Fraud. Okay, <laughs> Giant, you better don't. That's been the most remarkable thing to happen to me this week. But I've also been listening to, do you know the movie Baby Driver? It's from a few years ago, 2017. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a heist movie, isn't it? I think I've seen it, yeah. It is. So I really like the movie. It's like an action heist sort of movie with some romance thrown in. But what I really like about it is that it's essentially all set to music. Like the music is very prominent in the movie and mm. they actually timed up conversations and car chases and like 
guns firing all to the music, which really shows up, I feel like, in the final product. But it almost in some ways feels more like a soundtrack with a movie attached. So like even just listening to the soundtrack is really great. I don't know who put this soundtrack together because when you look at the list of songs, they do not make sense together at all. (laughs) But with the movie attached to it, does it make better sense? It makes sense even listening to the soundtrack. I don't know how, ah. but you like listen down this soundtrack and it's like one oh, minute see, you're see, listening to like a soul track and then the next track is like this like 70s glam rock and then you're listening to like a electronica hip hop remix of something and somehow it all just flows together. It makes sense. It's a really good soundtrack. Right. I remember watching that movie. Like you're just reminding me now. I, I, I remember thinking that only like only a few movies that I've seen and I just instantly think, Wow. Especially with soundtracks that are contemporary music. I think only a few movies have done it in such a way that it makes sense. And one of those is The Great Gatsby, the one that I think Mm. Jay-Z curated the soundtrack for. That had a great soundtrack. And the other is the movie Into the Spider-Verse, the Spider-Man animation movie, which by the way, that movie is also great too. But that soundtrack... That was a great movie. Right. Right. And also, I think Black Panther did a good job with the soundtrack. So yeah, and all the, all of these movies, they all use contemporary music as part of the soundtrack. And I think they did a great job. But I think Baby Driver takes the cake on that because the way they stack those songs and they picked, I wouldn't say um, it's just contemporary. I think some of the songs from Baby Driver are also oldies, but all of it is yep. great. I remember it being great. I really like that. I wonder who, whose idea that was yeah. for them to have a movie made based off of a strong soundtrack. Because like you said, it seems like the soundtrack takes the front seat. Ha, see what I did there, baby driver? Anyway, um, the the, the soundtrack takes the the front seat and like the the actual plot of the movie is the passenger, which the plot isn't a, it's, it's not a bad plot. It's just a typical heist plot. Yeah, but it's, it's a, it's a great movie. Yeah, no, it, the movie is more about like the style of it. Like it's a solid plot and there's a lot of good actors in it actually, except for, except for a one Mr. Kevin Spacey, who I'd like a cut of that movie with him out of it. I'd like to request that. <laughs> no, for those of you who don't know, Kevin Spacey, we have unanimously canceled him because he has been accused of allegedly, allegedly, allegedly being a predator. <laughs> and he was in House of Cards, memorably, recently. So he's been canceled, but he's in this movie and... Yeah. We have to at some point have a conversation as to how like for cancel culture purposes, do you cancel the art along with the artist or do you keep the art but cancel the artist? Because a lot of brilliant work can go down the drain just because the person who was involved with it just fucked up. Yeah, so like the Roman yeah. Polanski's fuck him though. Like it's a Right. Yeah. I saw yeah, I saw that cancel culture is in the list of topic ideas and I think that's absolutely a whole episode. Like I feel like there's so much to talk about around that. Like when they canceled R. Kelly, I was like, I'm all for it. He should have done being canceled. But there's a yeah, song he that he canceled. made called um Heaven I Need a Hug and that song holds mm. a very special place in my heart. Mm. And I'm like See, that's a real song. I was about to say, oh, R. Kelly. I was like, <laughs> the remix to Ignition. She didn't go, fuck, this is R. Kelly. God damn it. Right. All, all of the pop, like, step in the name of love, those don't hold a special place to me. I don't care if those go away forever. But it's kind of like the story that I told about Set Fire to the Rain. There was a time in my life when, mm-hmm. like, Heaven I Need a Hug was very important mm-hmm. to me. And I remember mm-hmm. I was off to boarding school for the first time. I was, like, a the loner kid for what... Like, I didn't make friends very easily, but 
we had a housemaster. He was also a teacher, and he taught mm-hmm. intro tech, and that was one of my favorite subjects. So he he saw me do well in the class. So every time mm-hmm. I would go home, he'd curate a list of books for me. He'd go out buy me mm. those books and like give me like a little package oh. he was the nicest he was the nicest and he'd send yeah. me home with the with oh. the books and i'd go home and i would read those books like back to back to back because i like i get lost in the books but what he what would happen is oh. i had a little walkman at the time and that not a walkman because walkmans were already going out of fashion by then it was like a, a cd player the portable cd players they mm-hmm. put batteries in and at that point, yeah. that R. Kelly album came out. And that album, for whatever reason, spoke to me. And I would always listen to Heaven, I Need a Hug on repeat as I read those books. So that's that part of my life. Mm. That's that's what I remember from that. So, like, if if we cancel R. Kelly and I can no longer have that anymore, I'm like, fuck him. Like, really? <laughs> so back to Baby Driver. Fuck Kevin Spacey. I wish he hadn't ruined this movie for all of us because we could still be enjoying this movie. But we have to watch it and think about him now. So... That's unfortunate. Side note on the Baby Driver soundtrack. You remember last week when I fucked up in the document and wrote Harlem Shuffle instead of Harlem Shake (laughs) when we were talking about viral trends? Yeah. This soundtrack is where I know the Harlem Shuffle from. The the Harlem Shuffle song is on the Baby Driver soundtrack. Really? Yeah. I have to go listen to that baby uh, baby driver soundtrack again because I don't I don't know how that's where that's gonna fit. You know what I mean? I want to. Yeah, I'll go yeah. back and listen to it now. I have to listen to it. Wow, that's really cool. <laughs> Harlem Shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't been up to much actually, but in honor of Black History Month, shout out Black History Month. Happy yeah. Black History Month, everybody. Happy Black History Month. In honor of Black History Month, I have been rediscovering black artists like the band Bonnie M. They're really cool. I, I got obsessed with Bonnie M from my cousins who were older than me. And my mom is also into Bonnie M. They were like Euro-Caribbean band that were popular in the 60s-ish through huh. the 80s. And I don't know how to describe their genre. It's like pop folk. Because a lot of their songs have like really catchy, funky rhythms, but the subject matter is them telling a story. For instance, they told a story of Ma Baker, huh. who's like a big bad mob boss lady from Chicago back in the back, 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 back in the day. And they just told a story of her life and her four sons and how she terrorized the whole town throughout her life. And they also have another <laughs> song called uh, Rasputin. I don't know how the Russians say the name. In America, we say Rasputin. But, like, I think they have a proper pronunciation for that name. But anyway, they had a song that was dedicated to the story of Grigory Rasputin. And it's a brilliant song. They tell a story about, like, they start from the very beginning, the infatuation that all the Russians had with him and how he got involved with the Queen of Russia. And then way down to his demise and how he died. So these songs are brilliant and they're catchy. Maybe I'll put one of their songs on the Big Empty Purse playlist. I also rediscovered Umu Sangare. She's a Mali singer with amazing melodies. Her melodies are crazy. A lot of Western music, the melodies are predictable. But the way this lady does it, you can't predict where the melody is going. It's, when you listen to it, it's really brilliant. And she does crazy things with her melodies. It's almost like kind of how like Mariah Carey does her riffs and runs. Like where you don't know where it's going, but when you hear it, it's just pleasing to hear. Um, yeah, so that was great. She has songs like um, Musulu. And all these songs are not in English. I think they're in her native tongue of Bambare, which I don't speak. So I, I don't know what the songs mean, but just listening to them, 
great. Yeah. Um, she has a song called Musulu, Dayarbi Nene, and Kosira and Bifuru. And all these songs have such great melodies that they're wild. I'll probably put one of those. And by the way, um, the Dayarbi Nene, that song she made was sampled by Beyonce on Mood Forever, the song that I talked about a few episodes ago. I don't know how Beyonce found this yeah. woman. I, th- I guess, you know, Beyonce is cultured. Yeah. So that song slaps. She has <laughs> <laughs> Beyonce has Beyonce the range, has range. <laughs> we knew but also in an effort to catch up on new music i decided to scan npr's 50 best albums of 2020 and i discovered a few gems like Anjimele's album called Give or Taker. It's a great album that gives me kind of like Tracy Chapman vibes. For those of you who don't know, Tracy Chapman is a, a Canadian singer that was popular in the 90s. And I think one of her most popular songs was called Fast Car and the other is called Sorry. Um, sorry, uh, sorry is all that you can say. Years gone by and still no. Baby, can no. I hold you tonight? <laughs> you haven't heard of this song? No. Are you serious? Sorry, I'm or Fast Car. Sing Tracy Chapman's whole discography. Okay, I'm going to put Tracy Chapman no, on the playlist then. Songs. You know Fast Car. Everybody knows Fast Car. I'll put Fast Car and Sorry on the Big Empty Purse playlist. These are great songs. It's like folksy though. It's, it's very much folksy with like mm. a, a very pared down guitar. And it's very soothing. So mm-hmm. I, I discovered Anjimile's album, Give or Taker. The other stuff on that list, I don't know if it's because NPR just doesn't have similar tastes to me. What I like. <laughs> or mm. they really, in fact, did pick the 50 best albums of 2020. But this is just the best that 2020 <laughs> had to offer. Because a lot of the songs yeah. from all of those <laughs> albums, they had no catchy melody. They had no memorable, easily recognizable intro. And you know, like when you listen to a song for the first time, you have about two and a half, three seconds to hook the listener. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these songs just started with like silence or some dumb string or something that just droned. And none of it mm. was, there was nothing high impact at the intro of the song, which like huh. the song that we remember or recall easily, they always start with something that catches your attention. Like for instance, they'll start with like a church bell or a pipe organ or anything that starts emphatically and a lot of the cool songs especially in black culture they start with a funky rhythm a cool melody or chord progression or the tried and true african tradition of call and response which like for instance (laughs) if i say who let the dogs out who who (laughs) exactly like if that starts the song out you know exactly where it's going or if if somebody says um it don't mean a thing yeah if it ain't got that swing. Right, exactly. Or if I say, yeah. um, be my woman, girl, I'll... Be your man? Be your man. Exactly. <laughs> Do you see how it works? <laughs> yeah. Do you see how it works? Or if I say, um, uh, uh, you know you make me wanna... Shout. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Do you, um, or I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh. I am for real. Oh my God. See, this is <laughs> do you understand? Right. Featuring you, my I, terrible I, voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like it doesn't, it, it doesn't like yeah. what I'm trying to say is a lot of these songs that you remember, a lot of them start with something memorable. And I just gave you a whole bunch of examples right. of how like the call and response is used a lot. And a lot of the songs, mm-hmm. they start with a call and the crowd automatically knows 
the response. And that's how they hook you into the song. And then it's catchy. And then like the the repetition of the call and response throughout the song. That just makes the song more memorable. A lot of these new songs, there's no melody. There's no call and response. There's no rhythm. There's nothing. It's just somebody droning over some very... insignificant <laughs> unmemorable beat and i looked through the whole npr 50s best i was like wow <laughs> this oh. is what we call music now and i don't know if it's just because you know that's what i'm used to or that's you get the point like none of this stuff yeah. to me stands out were these like people at npr picked what they think are the 50 best albums or like according to the charts these were the 50 best albums i don't know because i don't like whatever topped the charts in 2020 besides WAP, i don't know so i don't i think it's the case where the people at npr might have i could be wrong but I think it's the case that the people at NPR yeah. chose the albums that they think were the 50 best. I haven't been out at the clubs this year to, to know I, the songs. <laughs> <laughs> right. But even even if um, even if it's a song I'd never heard, I've never heard before, if it starts with a very emphatic tune or a melody or a call and response, I'll automatically know mm-hmm. what it is, even if I haven't heard the song before. Say, for instance, I was yeah. going to use the example of the Catholic Church, but I don't know if it's going to be considered sacrilegious, where if somebody says, peace be with you and with you also, it's it's just oh everybody knows exactly. Wait, because this, they fucking changed it. This is they changed such it? a left turn. They ch- So that used to be a thing. Like, I hadn't been to Catholic Church. I was raised Catholic, and then I didn't go to Catholic Church for many, many years. And it was, you know, it was always, peace be with you and also with you. That was the call and response. I go to a Catholic church. It's like, okay, like I know this whole, it's very like ritualistic. I was like, I know what I'm doing here. And I like, I turn around to say, peace be with you. And someone says, and with your spirit and with your spirit, they changed it. So now they're like, they out you. If you haven't been to church in a while, they know because you said and also with you and not, they know they have pegged you as a backslider. <laughs> I didn't know they changed it. Yeah. A solid call and response, whatever it starts out being, that's what it always has to be. Mm-hmm. If you start to change the call and yeah. response, it it stops being what it it wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> I can't. I saw I heard you bringing that up and I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> and Peace with, be your with you. And with your sp- and with your f- that doesn't even... It's not even good. It's not. I'm trying to think why they would change it. Like, what What do you... I mean, besides trying to out people who haven't been to church in a while. Like, I, I don't... <laughs> like, what would move the whole church to be like, okay, they don't want you to have peace. They just want it specifically to be with it, with your spirit. Like... I don't know. Like, rhetorically, it doesn't make sense. First of all, I'm not Catholic, and I don't even <laughs> need to make that clear because it's obvious. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stuff they do like i remember um when i was growing up there like people who would um go to catholic churches they'd be gone four hours four i tried to understand why a lot of the catholic hymns or prayers took so long the sermons and stuff and somebody tried to explain it and they were saying how because in a lot of those big cathedral buildings basically a huge hollow structure with amazing echo but the echo was a two-edged sword Mm -hmm. because the sound could travel but when it echoed the person speaking would have to wait for the echo to subside to say the next thing so when they do the (laughs) prayers and the sermons the sermons just take forever because the echo keeps going and they have to wait for the thing that they just said to finish echoing for them to say the next thing (laughs) and i'm like y'all couldn't just pad the inside of the building i don't know dampen the travel of sound (laughs) like you just took four hours (laughs) for 
Like who has four hours on a Sunday? Like why are you doing this? Yeah. So oh I I don't know that for a fact, but that's what I understand to be the reason why the Catholic Church services take a really long time. So on today's podcast, we're going to be discussing sports, a subject which Illumide knows very much about. <laughs> uh, first of all, I don't even know the official definition of a sport, <laughs> so let alone know anything else about it. I had to actually go try to understand what can, what is considered a sport and what is, and so I looked up the official definition. And as far as I understand, according to the dictionary, a sport is an activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an individual or team competes against another or others for entertainment. So here I'm thinking, okay, so it looks like there are three requirements. And of those three requirements is the whole point of a sport for entertainment purposes. So if it's, if it's, if it, so say for instance, the three requirements are, it must include physical exertion or skill and be competitive while being a form of entertainment for it to be a sport. So if it requires physical exertion and skill, but it's not competitive, is it still a sport? Even if it's for entertainment purposes? Or like, yeah. is it best two out of three? Or is it best one out of three? Like, what then is being considered a huh. sport? That's a good question, actually. I, I don't know. I was know. laughing at the fact that this included the definition. But now I'm intrigued. Like, does it require right. all three? Does it require... That's the thing, right? Say, for instance, the, the, the folks who do the Tour de France, do they... Mm-hmm consider that a sport because technically it requires physical exertion and skill but i suppose it's also competitive because everybody's trying to get to the finish line first but for the most part right. I, I fail to see how that relates to entertainment yeah the entertainment part is yeah it's it's a little iffy because what are we going to call that entertainment because technically for you for it to be considered an entertainment i suppose there has to be an audience but the audience is not really in on it maybe an audience member could be standing at like mile marker one as opposed to mile marker 34 Mm -hmm. like they won't catch the whole (laughs) thing they'll just catch the portion in Mm -hmm. which they see and at the very end they just find out oh x person won is that entertainment or is the part of it that's entertaining is the fact that the people go out to watch it with their families and the camaraderie of being around people they know and like because if that's the case Mm. then the actual riding of the bicycle is not the sport it's the people hanging out with Mm. their family that's so i it's it's i don't know how the definition pans out it's weird right yeah right or people will talk about esports people are gaming like that's not actually physical exertion (laughs) or skill but it is like competition (laughs) for entertainment like Uh, (laughs) does that count right right does that yeah (laughs) like the the video gamers who like go online and play these games and by the way I don't know if you saw, like, it was a big deal maybe some two years ago. Some kid won some video gaming tournament, and he won, like, I think millions of dollars. Millions of dollars for playing a video game online. Which, first of all, I will say that considering how little I know about video games and how people (laughs) play them, I suppose it's intriguing. Or fucking (laughs) curling. Curling. Like, people say curling (laughs) Curling. is a sport. And I'm just like, no, 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 it isn't. (laughs) I get so upset when people say shit like that. And first of all, curling is featured in the Olympics. For those of you who don't know what curling is, let me see if I can explain it to you. It's basically people (laughs) sweeping, sweeping solid block of ice just so a ball can roll on top of it. They're not kicking the ball or moving the ball because the rules are they cannot touch the ball. But what they end up doing is they just keep sweeping ice. I'm like, but what was the reason? 
What? Okay, I'm getting upset about that. <laughs> Curling, I don't think is a sport, but it made it all. It's it's oh it's one God. of the activities in the Olympics, so I suppose it is. Follow this. My stepsister's fiance's mother did like amateur curling. Like she just took it up. She just took up curling like as a hobby. She chose to just go do curling like in retirement, I guess. I mean, what? <laughs> I don't. This makes sense. <laughs> but she was, she like showed us her broom and everything. She like uh, got out and like showed us the broom technique. Like honestly, I I wish. But the thing is, I I think maybe it's just I would like to give the benefit of the doubt. It's the case where it's a phenomenon that I just don't understand. And perhaps if somebody explained it to me in a different way. I would be a fan of it. But as of right now, from where I'm sitting, curling, <laughs> I don't believe that is a sport. Golf, I can kind of sort of get. No. But even golf, I'm like, mm, yeah. maybe, yeah. maybe not. But like, who knows? I know that the, the, the amount of athletic activity that has to go into golfing and the hand-eye coordination that has to make it a thing has to be fantastic. But right. let's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Are there any sports you play or watch or are inclined to discuss? <laughs> <laughs> okay play absolutely not i do not i don't play i don't play sports. Do you, did you play sports because i don't play like i would you couldn't even get me to participate in gym class like i do not right do sports. right oh you know what um i don't know if i should even say i played sports but i will say though i did participate in athletic activity in high school and i don't know if i've told you the story before in high school we had physical education requirements that you just had to take. And physical education was between fifth and sixth period, but it was just in your regular school year. And I actually went into high school with a roadmap. I knew that the classes that I needed to take to like check off my list for my college application. And a lot of those classes, mm. like the APs and the honor classes, were also in fifth and sixth period. So I didn't want physical mm. education to take up that spot in my regular school year because then I'd have to keep pushing back the classes that I needed to take to get me prepared for college. So I just mm -hmm. would go to summer school. And my goal in summer school is to get rid of oh. any classes that would clash with the other classes that I needed to take to prepare me for college. And I would specifically mm. target the classes that were offered both in summer school and in the regular school year. So I could get the checklist done for those mm -hmm. classes such that it would free up my school year. And one of those was fucking physical education. And I went to summer school. I was like, look, do you have and back then they told you that if you participated in an athletic activity or a sport that would count towards mm -hmm. your physical education credits so i went and i was like look what can i do over the summer to knock this out of my requirement list and the lady was like oh um <laughs> you can do football i was like no try again like the way my body set up uh-uh <laughs> I'm not breaking any bones like and I can just and I, I saw the I saw the football kids like these were six foot three 220 pound kids if one of those for whatever reason bump into me that will be the end of me it would just be the end yeah. of me so I was like we're we're not playing that and she was like oh we also have um <laughs> she she went from frying pan to fire real fast she was like we also have wrestling I was like man <laughs> <laughs> i was like ma'am you didn't hear me i just said i wasn't gonna play football and you fucking suggest wrestling wrestling, wrestling? i was like i'm not doing it not i was wrestling. like no ma'am <laughs> i was like ma'am let's try again and she was like okay the only other thing is cross country and i was like i didn't even know what cross country was back then and i was like what is cross country she goes uh it's just running i was like you mean 
just running she goes yeah it's like long distance you just have to run i was like so well, let me get this straight i don't have to bump into anybody nobody has to tackle me and i don't have to have <laughs> hand-eye coordination i just have to run she goes yeah if you can manage that i was like sign me up right then and there yeah. <laughs> i signed up for cross country and i was like i'm doing this i'm doing this and then later like i eventually did cross country and track but those were the only two athletic activity I, 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 I did in high school. And later, they wanted to get me to do pole vaulting. <laughs> First of all, I don't know why they picked me on the track team to do pole vaulting. Yeah. I, I tried it. I was not good at it. And I told my coach, I said, look, I won't be doing this anymore. And she goes, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I she, was like, she was like, I agree with you. And I was like, work. We're on the same page. Oh, no. So that was it <laughs> i tried pole vaulting oh, but God. like the amount of coordination you need you need to like be really in tune with your center of gravity and your balance and you know you have to know exactly mm. how to put your weight on that pole and how you know basically how to maneuver your own body weight and i'm not flexible i'm not limber and my upper body strength to carry that long pole over the stretch of the run wasn't fantastic enough to get it done so i was like i'm not good at this let's just go back to running that i know i can do the rest of it, not so much. Um, so, yeah, that was the only sport that I could say I quote-unquote played in high school. Watching, though, I can watch sports. I, like, sort of vaguely watch some sports, but the one sport that I, like, really watch closely is football, American football, so not soccer. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that's one of those that, like, my whole family is into it, and I watch all the games and, and yada yada, so. And play fantasy football. Does that count as a oh. sport? It doesn't require any physical exertion. Is it entertaining? But it's competitive. Is it entertaining? <laughs> it's entertaining for me because I've won my family's league three out of five years. So I get to just like lord that over my family constantly. <laughs> I Wait, first of all, I have to understand this, right? I suppose how... I'm so confused, right? First of all, the, the American football in and of itself, I don't get because you, you must not use your foot to play it except when you punt. Yeah. So I don't, the, the rules are weird to me. Like, why are you then calling it football? That's yes. one. And two, to compound the issue, fantasy football specifically, are there any rules that you have to play by? And how come you've beaten them three out of five times? Like, is there a specific skill that you have to, what's the strategy to win three out of five times is what I'm trying to ask. <laughs> What is the skill? It's just being too involved in it, like doing being <laughs> more involved than I should be. Um, but the way fantasy football works is basically like so in a in a in a real actual American football game. First of all, the name thing I don't know that it's a stupid bad name that was already something else's name. So I, I just can't give it. any help there. I don't know why they <laughs> I don't know why they named it that. <laughs> Um, in regular American football, like you have 11 players on offense and 11 players on defense, and they like each have very specialized roles. So like there's the quarterback who sort of runs the whole thing and throws the ball. There's running backs who are specifically supposed to take the ball and run with it. There's receivers who you throw the ball to. Sorry if this is like way too basic, but no, basically no, no, no. to say yeah. that there's like a lot of people with specialized roles. So mm. fantasy football, you have your own fake team or you have someone in each of those roles, but they're not necessarily on the same like real life team. You go through and pick oh. players and just like assemble your own team out of 
existing players, but with those same like 11, well, not the same 11, because you don't, there are some positions you don't play with in fantasy. Um, oh, I see. But then you like those players perform however they perform in the real game and you get points for how that particular player performs. No, I, I, I'm just trying to understand this. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so confused. So I suppose is the strategy you have to understand or predict how well a player in the real life will perform that way if you choose those people for your fantasy team. When they do well in real life, those points can count towards your team in the fantasy football game. Exactly. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay, I see. Ah, wow. That's actually, it sounds like a cool concept. But you, yeah, you'd have to be able fun. to predict you'd have to be able to predict i wouldn't know who's gonna do well and who's not gonna do well it requires knowing way more than is like healthy to know it'll literally be like (laughs) oh well i heard a rumor that such and such is injury is actually worse than they say and if that person is out then my person will get the like throws that normally go to that person but i'm not going to tell anyone in my league that i heard this rumor about their injury and like it's (laughs) (laughs) or like knowing like knowing about the opposing defense and like all of these like little tidbits but it's also a lot of luck like it's one of those games that's like you can plan for everything and then like something stupid will happen (laughs) (laughs) i see ah yeah that's actually it sounds like a cool concept shout out to shout out to uh the fantasy footballers podcast that's like that's where i get a lot of information because also they're just entertaining oh there's a podcast wow yeah see that that sounds Mm -hmm. that sounds really important for there to be a podcast like that to you know catch people up on what's happening i see i like that i like that that's really cool yeah but but actual like the the game football i really enjoy just because i think of all those different specializations all sort of happening at once um and I think unlike a lot of sports you get sort of these like discrete plays like they run a play some stuff happens and then there's like a short break while they set up like break right, not really right. they just have like some time to set up the next play so I feel like I have time to like process like what all's going on and who like because you're watching 22 people at once <laughs> um and seeing like who's going where and <laughs> like um right. So I really enjoy it. And it also like is something my family's really into. So like, it's nice to have something to like connect with them. Like I text with my dad all Sunday Uh, while football games are on. My dad is into soccer, (laughs) but like the rest of my family, Mm. we are not sports people. Like the amount of energy it takes for me to actually focus on the the very fine details. I do not Mm -hmm. have the patience to deal with that. So I'm like, no, Um, yeah, (laughs) that's how I, that's how I feel about sports in general. Like the the rules I think are just arbitrary. There's just so much nuance and intricacy that I, I, my impatience can't handle that. I I just am like, no. So that's, that's, I think the crux of why I don't, I don't do sports or why I'm not into it. Yeah, no, it's one of those like, it sort of goes both ways because like I've had I've like wanted to pick up like watching new sports and not gotten into them for exactly that reason but once you get into a sport and like pick up more and more and more of those minutiae like it just sucks you in even more because you do know so much I see um Uh uh-huh I see. I yeah. See. And you like pick up on things you didn't realize before, the more, you know, and cause like I've, the NFL is a league. I hate that. I enjoy watching the sport so much because the NFL is trash, just like the <laughs> league and the way they, <laughs> they're just trash. Right. 
Um, so I was like, maybe like I'll try like pick up other sports, but I don't know. It's hard to get into a new sport. Right. The only the only sports that I wish I could get into, just because I, I'm fascinated by the people who play them, is tennis. Because I, I, I hmm. every once in a while, I'll catch like Serena Williams or Venus Williams or Maria Sharapova play. And I think it's, it's like magic to me. It's like magic mm-hmm. to me because I don't yeah. know how you can have such hand-eye coordination and be able to volley back and forth. No. And I saw a video the other day. It wasn't like a big... This lady, her opponent had a serve and the ball was coming at her fast, but it was coming at her on the other end of the court and she couldn't run in enough time to get there to catch it. Do you know what she did? She ran halfway, then she jumped into a split just so her physical body and her (gasps) arm could be... And then she hit it. And then the moment she hit it, she like did that. I don't know if it's like, you know, that dance move where people from go from a split to like slowly standing back up, but she didn't do it slowly. She oh went from God. the split to like standing right back up immediately to catch the next serve ah! on the other side of the court. <laughs> I was amazed. I was oh fucking amazed. Like the hand-eye coordination was there. Yeah. The way she moved her body was lightning fast and being able to drop into a split and undo it in a fraction of a second. Mm-hmm. I'm amazed by that. Yeah. So if I could get into a sport, I will probably get into tennis. Just and I've seen a video of Serena Williams. They put an object on um I don't want to call it a conveyor, but it was kind of like an object that was stuck to a track for whatever reason and that track moved left and right really fast. And they put different objects on that track. Mm-hmm. Like a beer bottle, a toy. And they said, Serena Williams, here is a racket and a tennis ball, we need you to hit that object on that track. And that track was moving at variable speeds, like depending on whatever the person who was running the track decided. And 10 out of 10, Cyril Williams hit that moving object with that ball. And most people probably look at that and they don't think too much about it. But I'm like, she has to calculate exactly in the split second she's looking at it, how fast that object on that track is moving. And then she has to decide how fast or how hard to hit the ball. So it travels at a velocity that will meet that object at the point that she decides is where she wants it to fall off the track. And no, she, like, when somebody does that crazy. one time, I think it's a fluke. Her doing it 10 out of 10 in real, mm-hmm. I know it's not a case where this is an edited video. This is her in real time. And they didn't tell her ahead of time that she was going to do this. She like wow. walked into an interview or something and she goes, oh, we actually have a fun game for you <laughs> to play. And they gave her the thing. And the lady was like, okay, no big deal. And she did it. I was like, mind oh blown. God. Mind blown. So if I could get into a sport, <laughs> mm-hmm. it'll be tennis for that reason. I just, I just think how they play that sport is fascinating. It's really fascinating. Even if I have no idea about the sport, just like watching clips of professional athletes do things that should not be possible. It's crazy. It's like you should, like humans should not be able to do that. Like, how are you doing that? Like the only thing I would watch the Olympics for is exactly for this reason, just to see what athletes can do. And I would watch Mm -hmm. gymnastics. And it's, I don't think these people even bother respecting gravity. They don't. They they do not respect gravity. The way their bodies move through space and time yeah. makes no sense. Makes no sense. Wild. And I would go back and look to see what the challenges were. So if somebody does the whatever it is, the, the, the bar routine, the floor routine, or the uh, gymnastics, what do they call the, the monkey bars? I forget what they're called. I would watch what it looks like in, say, 2016. Right, when I would go watch somebody like Gabby Douglas or any of the other girls or even the guys, and then I'd go look at what the Olympics looked like, say, 100 years ago. The challenges back then mm-hmm. looked like a fucking cakewalk compared to the challenges now. <laughs> 
Which, by the way, I'm sure back yeah. then it was also extremely difficult. But now it's even exponentially mm-hmm. more difficult. And these people are doing it like it's a no big deal. And you see them, they do it like they finish that floor routine and they just give like one of those breathy sighs. I'm like, if I did one of those floor routines, yeah. you would have to peel me off that floor. You would have yeah. to like, <laughs> you'd have to get the paramedics, the fire ambulance. You would have to peel me off that oh floor. Oh my God. <laughs> this is the end. <laughs> <laughs> Hold your breath and count to 10. Oh, but back to American football. The Super Bowl is this weekend. Are you are you going to watch the Super Bowl? Do you usually watch the Super Bowl? I may not. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? Um, what I do enjoy and I do understand is the halftime performance. That I can understand. Because yes. the halftime performances, I don't know how they've managed this. Um, a lot of the biggest performances in the history of performance period, I guess because of the, the budget that they have to do it, have been Super Bowl halftime shows. Mm-hmm. They're like, in terms of showmanship, yeah. I think that can be the pinnacle of an artist's like performance. It's so great. So I enjoy this. Yeah. I will watch this. It's been so many iconic Super Bowl halftime shows and moments. <laughs> the Beyonce one was so good. Beyonce just is not a human being. We just have to accept that. No. <laughs> she has to be a robot. <laughs> no. Because the way... She makes it look easy. I don't know if you know how performances are set up, right? The main performance has to remember all the cues. So if they have a set list of 22 songs, Mm -hmm. they have to know exactly when to finish one song and do the next. And all the other band members are waiting on Beyonce. So Beyonce has to remember Mm -hmm. any number of cues. Could be like 200 or 300 cues. She has to know where to stand. She has to know what to say. And uh, what people don't realize is if Beyonce does a riff or a run, there's a very specific cue Mm -hmm. that she has to give. It could be like her holding up a fist or her like um, flipping her hair in a very specific way. Because otherwise, like most most artists, exactly. Most artists do the thing where um, it could be like a call and response. Say Beyonce will say, tell me why. Why don't you love me? And the audience is singing along with her. And she does, why, why, don't, don't, you, you. And she's, she's playing with the audience for forever and ever. And it looks like she's just doing it without thinking about it. But at a very specific mm-hmm. time, she has to stop playing with the audience and give the cue for the band to continue. And she has to remember mm-hmm. that cue. And she can't get that cue wrong. So she has to remember all those cues. Yeah. She has to <laughs> run across the stage and like be on it, get every single <laughs> dance. Moves. Like, and she has to hit all the right notes. She has to catch the light just perfectly. She has to catch the fan just perfectly. She has to do everything perfectly for that show to look seamless. Yeah, so I, I think that uh, the halftime performances, like that I think is a form of sportsmanship. Yeah, are you going to be watching the Super Bowl this weekend? Oh, yeah, yeah. I always watch the Super Bowl. Although usually I also watch it in like a big group of people, which is oh. usually really fun. So thanks, COVID. <laughs> are you going to do it over like... um? Uh zoom or like an online hangout so you can like at least be in real time with the other people maybe i feel like it could be difficult because like so much of sports is it's happening live and like if there's a Uh, delay things can change so fast in the game i feel like it could be difficult if they start cheering and i'm for some reason like two seconds behind of like oh god what are they cheering about like (laughs) like, something's gonna happen in two seconds covid has just ruined a lot of the fun stuff that we enjoy right I see. Huh. Oh, oh, but I have to tell you one thing that you should also watch. I don't know why it's happening, but the NFL has hired Amanda Gorman, inauguration youth poet laureate, to recite a poem before the Super Bowl. First of all, okay, so I'm glad, I'm glad. Look, I think Amanda <laughs> yeah. Gorman deserves all the press, publicity, and exposure she's getting. But on the Yes, part get your of money, Amanda. N- Please right. take the NFL's money. 
<laughs> and make sure you hike your price. Hike your price. Um, in, yes. the, in the words of Jay-Z, <laughs> pay us for what you did to the cold crush. I, I think she deserves everything she's getting, one. And two, on the part of the NFL, I hope this has to do with the partnership with Jay-Z to supply the entertainment for this, which is okay. Hmm. But I think oh, maybe. it could, yeah, it could also have to do with, right now, it's cool to highlight black culture. First of all, I will say this though. American culture is black culture, period. Yeah. Unfortunately, most of the time That's it's true. appropriated black culture. So now it's kind of like the fad to right. include the original black voices and artists in terms of like pushing the movement and the culture. Yeah, I get it. But I hope that the NFL isn't only doing this for performative reasons. So they seem like they they get the times and they're in with it. I hope this is like meaningful, which I'm sure Amanda Gorman being the fantastic poet that she is, even if it has to do with them just being performative, the words that she will carefully choose yeah. to speak will will be brilliant no matter how the how it came about, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Good for yeah. that. No, she's going to do an amazing job. I have no faith that the NFL is doing it for any other reason than it's <laughs> in style right now. Like, <laughs> I don't like that. But she's going to do amazing. I don't. And I will say this, though. I don't like the performative bullshit, but I would rather them do it than not at all. So which is kind of mm-hmm. how like we're, we're, we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like, do you want them to do it with genuine intent or do you just want them to not do it at all? Like the middle ground is yeah they'll do it but you won't you'll you won't know if it's with genuine intent or if they're just being performative, anyway, um, but right. you know what I am looking forward to is the Super Bowl halftime show which I think is by the weekend I don't know why he's selected to the be the weekend. halftime performer but like I I'm curious to know what he's going to do I'm curious to know what his team puts together one and two I hope it lives up yeah. to the past ones that we remember like Michael Jackson's mm-hmm. halftime uh and the famous Janet Jackson's Nipplegate which by the way, <laughs> the nipple gate. <laughs> for those of you who are too young to remember, I, I still don't understand why it was a big deal. But <laughs> at some point at a halftime show in history, Jenna Jackson's nipple was exposed. <laughs> and she was up on stage right with Justin Timberlake. Oh. And after that, like her career just went sideways because people just were. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't get it. What's the big deal? Her nipples showed on TV. Like, why are we going to cancel yeah. her? Like, why are we canceling her? I don't. And they, they did cancel her. Her, her career <laughs> suffered because of that. So um, I still don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why. Shout out to Jenna Jackson. She's still popping and she's still doing great stuff. She's great. The, when Beyonce did the halftime show, it was considered that um, it was just a Beyonce concert and there just happened to be a football game at the Beyonce concert. Yeah. Which, by the way, <laughs> that... That show that Beyonce did at the halftime, I think it was 2013, legendary. Because as soon as she was done performing, like exactly when she was done performing, the lights went out at that arena. That's right. Yes. Blackout. Blackout. I had like, forgotten about it that. Ma- yeah. It was just so perfect. Like it, the lights didn't go out in the middle of her performance. It it went out right nope. at the end. And I'm like, that's how you go out with a bang. That is precisely how you go out with a bang. She was great. And, she, and of course... <laughs> Like, that was the first time in a long time that we saw her together on stage with um, Kelly and Michelle from Destiny's Child. And, of course, that brought back nostalgic <laughs> memories of, like, them as a trio. That was great. And I think she also yeah. she came back for, like, the next three years, too. Because, honestly, they should just have Beyonce do every halftime show, honestly. I feel like it's hard to top that. She came back the yeah. year later, I think a year or two later, 
when she she had a song called um him for the weekend with i think coldplay and that was like mm. the song that That's they used right. to perform the halftime and then she also had a halftime show with bruno mars i think where she did formation and people were so upset at this because apparently she wore yeah, that's right. a leather outfit and a black beret. And it was like the imagery of the Black Panther movement. And people were like, oh, why is Beyonce representing the Black Panthers? It's like they Basically, they made the, the Black Panther movement seem like a terrorist movement. And I'm like, uh, right. I, I guess, look, if you are listening to this podcast and you know nothing about the Black Panthers, if you have heard that they were terrorists, you need to go back and learn your history correctly, please. Don't be ignorant out here. Do you watch basketball? Basketball is one of those sports that I, I want to like, but I don't. I don't get it. I don't watch yeah. it. It's not something I understand. Um, yeah. No. They score like every five seconds. Like, I feel like... I feel like scoring is supposed to be like exciting, but they just like go back and forth and then someone scores and then 30 seconds later, someone else scores and then 30 seconds later, someone else scores. Like I like watching the highlights of like dunks, but yeah, they like, right. <laughs> it's, yeah. I when I watch, I only watch for those highlights too. There, there's this famous player from back when his name is Motumbo. I think he was pretty much, I don't know what the position is called in basketball. He was the guard for his team. And his job essentially mm. was to make sure that the other team didn't dunk on them. And he was aggressive yeah. with it. Like nobody messed with him because <laughs> trying to dunk on him was a death wish for you. You just, you, you wouldn't <laughs> get past him. And if you tried, what you'd get there would be painful. I would, I would go back and watch clips of him blocking and his blocks were so aggressive. But there is one specific clip, one specific clip, and I hope I'm right about this. I think it was Michael Jordan. <laughs> and the Mutumbo blocks, he was he got famous for doing this. I actually, I actually think the league actually told him to stop doing this and they fined him because apparently he used to taunt <laughs> the people. Af after he'd block you, he'd do the no finger wag. He would do it to <laughs> every single person he blocked. <laughs> and the reason why that became a problem is because it was just so petty that it would really annoy yeah. the person that tried to dunk on him. And that person would get aggravated and it would start a fight. So the league was like, you know what? Oh you can't keep doing the finger wag. So they banned him from doing the finger wag. Now, when Michael Jordan eventually got to dunk on Mutumbo, guess what Michael Jordan did to Mutumbo after he dunked? He did oh, the finger wag. He, I'm sure he, that he was, did the so, I was wag. like, yes, yes. That was, <laughs> that was perfect. And you know what? I think there was a fine associated <laughs> with doing the finger wag. And Michael Jordan was like, give me the fucking fine. I don't care. I'm yeah, doing this it. just for the culture. <laughs> so, right, that moment in pop culture history, I know about that, and I thought that was great. But for oh the rest of basketball, I don't know a lot about it. But it seems like a fun, like, the way people go to the games, it looks like they're having fun. But I just thought the jerseys looked <laughs> cool as a kid. I don't know why. I thought, fashionably mm -hmm. speaking, or whatever, I just thought they looked really cool. So I had the mm -hmm. Chicago Bulls jersey. I had the Lakers, the purple and yellow. Uh, baseball, I don't I don't even want to pretend like I'm into baseball. I don't know how you watch <laughs> baseball. Like, baseball is kind of fun in person. On a fundamental level, I think I will have to disagree with you that baseball seems fun in person. Because I have actually been... <laughs> <laughs> I have been to a baseball game and I wasn't having fun. I'm one of those people where a good time is a good time. It doesn't matter if I understand it or not. Like mm -hmm. if it's a good time, I'm in. But 
I went to this baseball game, and the only thing I remember was the peanut shells that were covered on every seat, every floor surface. Peanut it shells. was it was annoying. It was annoying. There were so many peanut shells, and I just remember oh, sitting、God. there, not like not getting what was happening. But there was a whole bunch of waiting around. <laughs> honestly, like we were there for maybe like、mm-hmm. two hours or so, if not more, probably more, definitely more, and there was.、Yeah. More than three fourths of that was just us waiting for stuff to happen. They would,、mm-hmm. they would play that nonsense sound that you hear, banana, banana, and they'd play that, and then、yeah. they would have the cameras panning to the people, and people they'd play some music, and people would dance. <laughs> But like that had nothing to do with the actual <laughs> game we were there for. And they'd be like、oh, yeah, inflatable、no. <laughs> mascots or whatever. And they'd have to come、yeah. rake the sand, and there's fanfare about、yeah. raking the sand, which I thought was stupid. I didn't get it. That day, I was sober too because <laughs> I drove there. So like oh, everybody around was just drinking. <laughs> that's the problem. The problem. <laughs> I drove there, so and it was far from home, so I knew I had to drive back home, so I couldn't get wasted at the game. And everybody around me was、mm. like ordering all this junk food and drinking, and I was like, this isn't fun. I want to go home. Maybe that it was just the day, or maybe it was just me. I'm not saying baseball is trash. Please don't at me on Twitter telling me that I just don't get it. I'm stupid. I'm sure that's true, but <laughs> I'm just telling you my experience. <laughs> so don't at me on Twitter about that. Hockey, <laughs> on the other hand, I love hockey. I mean, I I don't watch like pro hockey. I don't really follow hockey teams, but hockey is just like a ridiculous sport. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the、yeah. fight. They get into fights all the time. It's like essentially part of the sport. Like it's it, part it, of the game that they just like <laughs> throw shit down and start fighting with each other. Honestly, I've seen those clips. I, I just, I know nothing about hockey. First of all, I think there's a specific distinction between like regular hockey and ice hockey. I don't know. I think、uh, one is on ice and the other is on、right. skates. I, I don't know for a fact. Honestly, that sport, like you just said, is just fighting. They should just call it a fight. Yeah. Because <laughs> the players show up in the gear for playing the sport, and that gear just looks like fighting gear. They have the face、yeah. shield, the elbow shield, the knee shields, and they have the stick that they just. These are all weapons. They have the stick. They have、oh、the pads. They have everything. And you know, you know when a fight is about to start because some small thing、oh、happens, and then somebody just aggressively throws down the stick, or they throw off their、uh, face shield or whatever, and then they start like running to the other person. I'm like, oh, there we go. There's the fight. And it's always like, and they keep、yep. um. And what I've seen them do is they would run up to the other person on their skates and like shoulder bump them directly into that barrier. And I'm like, yeah, it just looks <laughs> painful. It looks painful. I don't know why people, but like I figure、yeah. the people who play this sport just leave with bruises. Like, where's the fun in that? Oh yeah, they're like missing teeth. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> They just go play a sport and they come back missing teeth, <laughs> smacked. I also love in hockey the penalty box. Just the whole concept of like somebody commits a penalty. What's like, that? So somebody does、okay. something wrong and they. It's a literal like plexiglass box. Like it's a little like, <laughs> like timeout. <laughs> <laughs> with a little, with a little bench, it's literally timeout. They do something wrong. They put them in the box <laughs> for a certain number of minutes, and their t- and their team has to play with one fewer player while they're in the box. <laughs> they just like rearing、wow. to go, and they open the box and let them out of the box. <laughs> 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 they literally put them in a box. <laughs> it's 
that's a very first of all i love this idea but it doesn't seem like an idea that should go with a sport it's just a petty no. stupid idea <laughs> I love it. I love it. But I have good memories of hockey. Uh, that was something I used to do with my dad when I was a kid is go to minor league hockey games. Oh, so he, really? I he had like season tickets. Yeah. So it like wasn't, I mean, I didn't care about it being minor league, but because it was minor league, you could like sit really close and, you know, oh. I like knew some of the players. Like it was, it was really fun. So I had lots of good memories of doing that. Hockey. Not drinking because right. I was like seven, but like <laughs> being around all the rowdy people and like right doing the wave and doing the macarena and watching all the hockey players fight and get stuck in the box <laughs> stuck in the and here's one right. that i need i think i have the bad take on which i need you to explain to me which is soccer because i know like it's not popular in america but it's popular everywhere and americans have bad taste so like i don't <laughs> i i feel like I feel like I should like soccer, but I've tried to watch it and it seems so boring. Right. They, like never score. <laughs> I actually... I don't, I don't get it. I know very little about soccer. I just remember, because where I grew up, everybody was into soccer. Every single person was into soccer. Mm -hmm. I was the only person I feel like who wasn't into soccer. And I just remember the vibe. If there were a soccer match coming mm -hmm. up 10 to 15 minutes before that match started, the whole city deemed to a dull roar it was like i don't know how to explain it it was it was like a twilight zone experience where you feel like it's a ghost mm. town because everybody was either on their way to or rushing to the place where they were going to watch that match either you had a neighbor's house who had a big tv mm. or you had somebody who had that channel yeah. you, everybody was like humming and bustling just to get there and the whole city was dead silent and the moment it mm. starts you know it started <laughs> <laughs> Every single person in unison would scream, especially if they scored a goal. It's a goal! <laughs> and you, you, you didn't even need to know what was happening wherever you were. And actually, in the whole fucking country at that moment, you know somebody scored a goal. Because literally, it would echo around the yeah. whole place that it's a goal. But in terms of like the, the rules, I'm not sure. I think there might be 11 players like there is in American football. Or maybe 10 plus one goalkeeper. And it's kind of like this, not same, similar. The goal is to put the ball in the opponent's net. Now, but there are, there are <laughs> unlike football, right? It's not like stop and go, stop and go for most of the time. It's like a mm -hmm. constant thing. Like it just, at any point in time, somebody has the ball. And the goal is for that mm -hmm. person who has the ball to put in the opponent. So whatever they have to do to get there. But the reason why it's so exciting is because there's always movement. There's no stop and go. Whoever has the ball is running with it. Mm -hmm. And whoever gets it is running with it. And there are all yeah. sorts of, it's fancy footwork. And it's kind of like mm. basketball in the sense of it's petty. Or, you know, when they dribble and they try to <laughs> trick you to going a different way. And they, they actually, football is like that. Oh, mm -hmm. Soccer is like that. They would like trick a lot of people. And mm. what's funny is, unlike basketball, because basketball, they give them <laughs> those shoes that have fantastic traction. In football, mm -hmm. it's pretty much cleats on grass. So when they dribble, people actually fall and the falls are hilarious <laughs> they're just fucking hilarious like somebody would dribble really fast and the other person would like make a misstep and they would be wiped out wiped out so those were always fun to watch and then some people could get hit like a basketball i don't think you can like throw the ball in people's faces right 
but people can kick a mm-hmm. soccer ball directly into somebody's face. Now, I'm sure you'll get like a red flag or ah. yellow flag for that, but people have done yeah. that. And uh, it's, I think it's, it's a fucking brilliant. It's brilliant. Say for instance, if you're, if the person who has the ball starts out on the very other end of the field and they've managed to dribble everybody and get to that point of the goal, this is the point of the anticipation, mm-hmm. right? You've been watching them the whole time sitting on the edge of you see like, are they going to make the goal? Are they going to make the goal? And they get there and it's like a moment of truth. And one of two things happens. Either they make it or they don't. Either way, like that release of tension from them, like getting to that end, you're either like, oh, damn it, mm. they didn't make it. Or it's a goal. That, I think, sums up what I think football is. And it's always <laughs> exciting. If I, if I sit in a room, I probably will watch more likely the people who are watching that game than I would watch the game itself. Because just watching people's reactions to mm. whatever is happening is great. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really wish I, I could get into soccer more. I feel like... I, I would enjoy it if I understood how it worked, but I honestly just don't know enough about it. But I do, when I sit in a room from what, like growing up and I like everybody else was watching the game, I was always amused by that. It was, and then if some player did yeah. something stupid, that would just, but I don't know much about <laughs> soccer. No. It seems like they're contractually obligated when someone's announcing soccer to make the word goal as loud <laughs> and to last as long as possible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just go on forever. Yes. Like, oh. Yes. <laughs> it just keeps going. Right, right, right. And then like great. the person who just scores the goal, the camaraderie of it, when it's a goal, they run mm-hmm. back to their team members and all their team members run up to them and they like bombard them and then tie like not a real tackle, but like a friendly tackle them to the ground and they all hug each other and like th- that joy that they feel is contagious. Mm-hmm. It's really contagious. I may yeah. not know anything about soccer, but when I see that happening, I get really excited too. So shout yeah. out to the people who enjoy soccer, <laughs> by the way. Did you yeah. hear of the guy who was in charge of the Tokyo Olympics? He had to step down um, <laughs> because he made a misogynistic comment about meetings featuring women. He said that those meetings drag on because women just talk too much. Apparently he has a history of saying dumb stuff like this all the time. So that concludes our talk today on sports. Thanks everybody for joining us, listening to us talk about all the sports. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram (laughs) at Big Empty Purse. Tweet us, message us, let us know anything you'd like to hear us talk about in the future. On next week's episode, we'll be talking about Valentine's Day. Until next time, Mm -hmm. 